0: What's good, listeners? I'm Chris Collins, your host of The Chris Collins Show.
1: And I'm Marissa Pitts, his trusty sidekick.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. And be sure to tune into to The Chris Collins Show live every Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific Time. And follow us on social media and check out our website at ChrisCollinsShow.com.
1: Peace. Ciao, bellas.
0: Today on our Just Talking, we have guests Skyping in all the way from New York City, film critic Alyssa Wilkinson. And Yay! how you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you guys?
0: Hey, we're fabulous as always. We're enjoying that L.A. weather. And how is it like in New York right now?
2: Well, it's my favorite weather. It's 30 degrees, but I know that's not a popular
1: opinion. (laughs) No,
0: Actually, I would kind of like that right now because I'm dying to just wear some, like, I feel like I'm more fashionable when I get to Mm -hmm. wear some long jeans. As long as it's not
1: your flannel. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. You know, like, maybe
0: we can rock all turtlenecks out here. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Alyssa, I just want to start it off right out the gate because I know you are a film critic. And have you ever, like, Googled? film critics Be- <laughs> because I, I know you're already laughing about this already because I thought this was funny in like the top 10 searches on Google for film critics it says movie critic or yeah movie critics are useless movie critics are out of touch movie critics are a joke and movie <laughs> critics from the 80s so what do you say to the listeners who might question whether you have a legitimate
1: job? <laughs>
2: I mean, most of the people who really question it are studio bosses who get mad when their movies don't do well and then blame it on critics. So I, I'm oh. never totally sure, you know, if we were that if we were that powerful, we would all be getting paid a lot of money, which we're not. But I, the way I always describe criticism is it's like we are, um, you know, like a sommelier, you know, like a wine person, but right. someone who still mm-hmm. likes a good cheap wine. Well, that's so I interesting. Like, Well, because I would have never
0: thought that. I was literally thinking you were going to get some weird bad praise off Twitter or something. I thought you would have to compete against like three million people that go, you know what? I really like the Joker. How dare you? Or something like that. But. That that all kind of makes sense to me now. Well,
1: what's the yeah. what's, what's the two guys? The thumbs up. He passed away. Herbert. What's their their names? Yeah, uh, Roger Ebert yes. and
2: Gene Siskel. So yeah.
1: One thing about cause I do go to the film critics and I look mm-hmm. to see what it, they're saying about a film before I go. Yeah. Because there are some people I'm like, oh, we have the same taste. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And so I'm like, if if. If it's nine times out of 10, we like or hate the same thing. I'm really going to kind of trust that person. Then maybe Mm -hmm. not go pay the $15 to walk in and wait till it's released. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And a lot of people actually like to wait and read the reviews till after they see the movie. Because the whole point of writing criticism isn't to like tell you what are the buy something it's not like a yeah. consumer guide but it's to like help you unpack the experience Ooh, you just had i think, that's, I think that's
0: a great point because that's literally how rotten tomato has been kind of operating recently and <laughs> yeah, we've been seeing it tomatoes. even in the comedy world i mean we even saw it with dave chappelle stand-up you know it got and torn they were apart wrong. by the critics and then the minute the audience reviews opened up it got 99 because
1: he's so, funny
2: <laughs> yes. Well, and also because the way audience reviews works, right, it's like everyone who decided they wanted to experience then goes and reviews it. So right. it's already a self-selecting audience. Whereas mm. with critics, like, I have to go see a movie whether or not I think I'm going to like it. So, so you end have... up with a different database.
1: Yeah. So Do you... you drink before you go see a movie? Those <laughs> are the ones you don't like. You're like, I know I'm going to
2: hate this shot. It's <laughs> all right. <laughs> Depends how many other movies I've seen that day (laughs) That's so funny I like you
0: already (laughs) So if you have a reader that wants to You know read your film critique Do you always recommend for them to check the movie out first And then go and read your source Or are you kind of just like Yeah Yeah.
2: Ideally, I mean, you know, I feel like I can write more interesting stuff about a movie if I'm allowed to reference things. And a lot of readers are really spoiler phobic. So, you Mm. know, go see a movie and then go find some interesting writing on it. I mean, that's a much more interesting way to experience a
0: movie. That's that's so true. And, you know, (laughs) were you going to say something? Um,
1: no. Oh, I thought I you were just something. No, I was just listening to no, you. No, yeah, I I
0: think it's a crazy point, and you know, because uh, really, I, I I know Marissa and I. We always love to ask this with our guests. We kind of yeah. wanted to know you on a personal level. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know in New York City, it, it can get really crazy and hectic. So, when you're not being a film critic, what are you doing during your normal life schedule?
2: Well, the film criticism is my job, so that's that's my life. life. Yeah, um, you know, and that job is pretty all-consuming. Some parts of the year, especially between Labor Day and the Oscars, it's pretty much all I had time for. But um, you know, otherwise, I'm I teach college students, and then I also I read books and I cook things and just sort of do normal person things. What's your favorite dish to cook? Oh goodness, I um, you know I almost never repeat dishes i oh my just my gosh, like, to, better try than uh, I ha- like hire to try you on
1: can i hire you things yes yeah i
0: put a minute 30 on my hot pocket but i've been doing a lot better i actually just get those like packets of salad already made, ready to go and i just rip it off and
1: dress oh, yeah. it oh, i my mean, gosh. I'm, I'm a really Very basic
0: good. white girl so what's here.
1: your hey, so what's your favorite type of food then if someone was going to take you to a restaurant right or they're going to cook you a m- meal at home what would be like your genre of food yeah, I get
2: really excited when people want to make me Indian food because it's so hard to make at home. Um But I would say my, my, if you can call it this, desert island food, like if I had to pick one kind of food to eat the rest of my life, it would be Mexican food for yes. sure. That's so but true.
0: But does it taste
2: it. the same in New York? <laughs> I mean, Indian. I always
0: feel like when I go to another <laughs> no, state outside of you know California, I'm like, this is not Mexican food. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, you got to know where to go, right? It's not like we don't have lots and lots of people who are from Mexico Fruit. living in New York City. <laughs> But you have to know that you're not going to go to you know Chipotle or something and call it Mexican food. Okay. Do
1: you have friends that hit you up to go like with you to <laughs> see the premiere like movies? I'm I would be that friend. Yeah. yeah so I don't <laughs> often get a plus one, but when I do, it's a hotly
2: a hotly demanded ticket. On the other hand, a lot of my friends are critics, so we're all kind
1: oh, of oh, <laughs> you're cool. already there. So let me ask yeah. you, like,
0: when did this? When did you come into your life, like? I wanted to become a film critic because I don't hear too many people, you know, even when they're trying to pursue like a television film or even a theater major, Mm -hmm. I don't hear a lot of people going, I want to be a film critic. So how did that all get started?
2: Um, for me, it was more like I was a writer. I knew I was a writer and I, I wanted to write about art and culture because that was what I was interested in. And that's what I think is interesting to write about. Yeah. And I ended up kind of specializing in film because that was what people kept paying me to write about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that, I and write about TV and all these other things, too.
1: Well, do you think about ever being like a book critic? You said you read. I'm an he- avid reader. Have you thought yeah, about like, crossing those two John
2: points? I've done it um off and on, and it's a lot of work. Being a book critic is really, really hard because yeah. it takes a long time to read a book well enough to review it. Especially and if you don't like it, it's just a difficult.
1: Yeah, it's well, a that's true. Thing. It's like um, two hours yeah. or two
0: weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how can I really sum okay. it up for you? What's
1: your favorite type of movie to watch? Like, if you're like, I can't wait to go see this type of genre, what would it be?
2: It's usually like a movie that I think is going to surprise me. So I don't care so much if it's a perfect movie as if it does something that's like unexpected. Like I'd much rather see a movie that takes some risks and kind of fails, but is interesting in what it had in its head Mm -hmm. than um, Mm -hmm. the other way around. So a lot of the stuff that I like seeing are from like maybe young directors who are still figuring themselves out.
0: So let me ask you this. I mean, uh, like when you're critiquing a film, what are some of the things that a film critic's thinking in their head that they're like trying to... I guess dissolve or
2: (laughs) yeah so much depends on the movie you're watching but you know there's like basic stuff like uh, is this believable in whatever it's trying to do and also Mm -hmm. like what do the images look like like film is a primarily visual medium you can have a film without a narrative but you can't have a film without images
0: yeah it's
2: like a podcast right so um, (laughs) (laughs) So we have a joke I always
0: say I say what do you call a bunch of white people in a room together a, a podcast. podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> a film without images? A, a podcast. podcast. <laughs> I'm stealing so that. Think-
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> and we think about that. I think about like, you know, okay, so how does the music work in this? And like, what what traditions does this movie fit into? And those are all the kinds of things that I'm thinking about. And I'm filtering it through. I see about 300 movies a year. So I'm filtering wow. it through like oh all God. these other films that I'm seeing in order to kind of figure out where it sits in the world. See, no one's
0: questioning you whether that's a disorder. I mean, we were talking about gaming (laughs) disorder. Isn't that kind of binge-watching a little bit? Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't be doing that many if I had the choice. That's a lot of films.
0: That is a lot. But I know I just got to get right on into it, and I know Marissa and I, we definitely wanted to bring this up with you. We've been holding back on it because obviously we know the biggest thing in the cinema world right now is what Martin Scorsese's been commenting about with the whole Marvel and Where do you stand with Martin Scorsese's comments when he's talking about how Marvel films aren't cinema?
2: Yeah, I mean, what he's getting at, I think, is really important. And, you know, it's funny to see people get so angry about it because I feel like it shows he's kind of touching a nerve of some kind. Um, And I think what he's getting at is that there's less room in film uh, these days, for young and up-and-coming directors yes. to make that interesting stuff, because you know, if a Marvel film or a DC film or whatever comes out uh, in theaters, it yeah. eats up like four of the six screens, right, yeah. for months.
0: You're absolutely and so, right. And I mean, yeah. I wanted to show you this clip. This was actually back in 2015 where Tarantino was on talking about the Hateful Eight going up against Disney. So I wanted to play this for the listeners who missed it. As of yesterday disney came to the arc people and said no wow you are going to play star wars in the Cinerama dome for the entire holiday season and if you don't if you honor your deal with the hateful eight we will not allow you to have star wars the <laughs> biggest movie in the world we will not allow you to show it at any of your arc-like movies this was back in 2015 and this is what people are construing what martin scorsese's really trying to say about marvel films because he's not saying that you know there's not enough talent behind the scenes that are making there's phenomenal workers but after hearing this does this sort of relate i mean how does an independent filmmaker get on the big screen i think that's what we all make films for right
2: Right. And on top of it, you know, you think about Scorsese's new film um, only really got made because Netflix was willing to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And it's not playing in most cinemas. Um, it's a great, great film. But even if even Martin Scorsese can't get a major mm-hmm. studio to pay for his film, then that tells you something about the state of cinema. So I really, there, you well, know, the Irishman,
1: right?
0: Yeah. the Irish Yeah.
1: Man. Yeah. That was yeah so- Good. It's you so
2: don't. good, and if you think you about a guy like Scorsese, oh. okay. <laughs> Scorsese's okay. like
1: you no, know devoted for it.
2: Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, you told so me good. get out of here, Marissa. She's all talking as if so she's good. solid. The I'm thinking trailers. I got all stuck. And I was like, yeah. oh, Did you see it? I thought but it was for you Tr. Okay. I it was like, it
1: was so <laughs> but good. Alyssa, you, saw, you it, saw it. You saw it.
2: I did see it. It's phenomenal. But, uh, you know, on top of it, Scorsese's devoted like decades of his career to making sure that people from Africa and from Latin America and from all these places are also getting their movies made. And if, you know, a place like if a company like Disney owns all the screens and all the means of production, then you're going to actually end up in a situation where those people are not going to get seen. And that's that's pretty sad for the art form. I think. Yeah,
0: that is so true. And we're definitely going to be touching upon this after the break. But I guess Scorsese- Sazy actually had a chance to direct the Joker before Todd Phillips Ooh, ever had I the opportunity. So that. That, Yeah, so we'll be following that up, but we'll be right back. And I want to remind all the listeners, you're listening to The Chris Collins Show, and we got film critic Alyssa Wilkinson. Stick around. Hey, that's right. You're listening to The Chris Collins Show, and we got Alyssa Wilkinson. She's a film critic all the way out from New York City, and we're so blessed to have you on because I know Marissa and I, we've been dying to have a film critic come in because we are in that entertainment world.
1: And for those of you who have been streaming (laughs) with us this morning, continue to listen to our show by going to ChrisCollinsShow.com and click on the on-air button today that's right,
0: right. Yeah. that's right so everybody tune on in because we're going miss.
1: into the Joker
0: <laughs> so yeah I <laughs> wanted to ask you about the Joker because it seems like to me some film critics were they're kind of divided and I feel like I'm the only one that sort of walked out away from the Joker like not like oh my gosh this is the greatest film of all times but I wanted to know your thoughts on it why do you think that the Joker relates with such a millennial audience so strongly
2: um, I think we're brought up with the Joker character, um, yeah. so that mm-hmm. character has been sort of formational, at least for people since the Dark Knight, if not before oh, then. It's so right? True. That's, That's my dating but that- guideline.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And the, you know, Heath Ledger was—that's an iconic performance. That's all of that stuff. So the character matters right. to us. And then, you know, the movie does do some things, particularly aesthetically, that people aren't used to seeing yet uh, in in movies based on comics yeah. um, of course all of those things ironically enough are are ripped basically straight from two martin scorsese movies that the movie is very yeah. explicit about
1: what um, what like what thing because i ha- i did not do my due diligence and i did not see the joker before the show i was busy in the pubs but so what were some of those things for me who has not seen it Sure. I mean, one of the big
2: storylines in it is about the character of the Joker, you know, I'm not gonna give anything away, but basically yeah. idolizing the comedian and then mm-hmm. um wanting to be on his show. That's the storyline of um the king of comedy. And that, you know, Robert De Niro oh, plays that part in the King of Comedy and now he's playing the older comedian in um in Joker. So it's very much on purpose. And also there's a lot about like a grungy New York where everything's going haywire, that's just taxi driver. Yeah, right. I love, Tax Driver. Okay. But
0: my biggest thing was when I got out of the film was I couldn't believe how many people were actually sympathizing with the Joker even after it. And I feel like we're (laughs) glamorizing villains so much. Even to the point where I was even hearing about Robert Pattinson film with the Batman. And they're thinking about having Colin Farrell play Penguin. So now it's like this what? sexy kind of villain Dude, and I know Penguin we got it was
1: gross and ugly and like That's what John you expect if you want a Danny DeVito, Daddy DeVito <laughs> to
0: come on in. So how do you think with the how the industry is depicting movie villains recently?
2: I mean this has been going on for a while, so like Suicide Squad, those kinds of movies are nice. about that. And then um, you know, you can go back to the anti-hero kind of revolution on TV. Um, yeah. I think often that uh, for studio executives who are like looking for something cool and edgy that will grab headlines the idea of making the villain the center of the story and making them kind of sexy and cool that's a good way to get eyeballs um and it also seems like a challenge for actors so that's why joaquin phoenix is even playing the joker in this movie you know it's a it's a great part for him but it's also edgy and different but let me
0: ask you this do you think he's gonna win actor of the year
2: uh, I think he'll be nominated. I would be surprised if he won because the Academy doesn't love comic movies, but it's possible. Um, so you who you think going to yeah. win, then? <laughs> I think... I would say it will either be Adam Driver for Marriage Story, which just came oh, out today, okay. or um, The Irishman. One of the one of the actors in that, Al Pacino is in The Irishman, and it's the first time he's ever worked with Scorsese. That's, and right. that's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And the okay. Academy is still mostly made up of white guys over the age of seventy, yeah. uh, the large majority, oh, and my so father. that's a yeah. <laughs>
0: My soon-to-be-me. So, so the Irish
1: man will probably win, let me tell you. But let <laughs> yeah. me ask
0: you this, because I don't know. I, I was personally thinking the whole time, like, maybe not they wouldn't win for Best Actor, but I kept thinking Best Picture was going to go to the film 1917. But I have a weird feeling that might not... I still a little smirk from it. I haven't seen
1: 1917. But
0: it just looks visually phenomenal. But my biggest thing is, mm. I don't know if enough of millennials or even people are going to see it, because the whole aspect with the theater industry or the, you know, cinema... I think they really have to change and adapt because, like we were discussing earlier, it seems like franchise films are just taking over the movie industry and there's no independent filmmaker stepping up. So, going into the next decade, how do you see the movie industries kind of being? Do you think they'll be successful or...?
1: (laughs)
2: You know, it's interesting to look at how that's happening in New York, uh, the theaters in particular. So we're in the middle of a bunch of new theaters being opened. And oh, like one of the big trends, for instance, is dine in movie theaters. So you have your dinner mm. in the theater. So I we like have that. Alamo. Yeah, it's really fun. Mm. We have Alamo. We have a couple of other places as well that do this. And, um, you know, that's one way that they can kind of prop up the industry. Another thing that was really good for theaters was Movie Pass, and Movie Pass mm. itself kind of died because it was a terrible business model but subscriptions I think are really really attractive particularly to millennials who love to subscribe to things because it's like uh, you know what the rate is, and it kind of feels like you're getting something for nothing. And you know when you're well, we're treating it like
0: is... a streaming service, you know, and that's exactly. why I'm always saying like, how are we really going to get the millennials to go to the movie theater? Because I already know in our the city close you know to us in I Montclair, oh, they've ahead, been talking sure. about the Tiki Drive-In, yeah. and everybody's like, no, don't get rid of the 50s Drive-In. I'm like, you only went there if Dude, you got a blow job. I haven't gone. Since I, I was mean, a no kid. one's <laughs> going there to go see a film. I mean, I think that's why I made the joke saying about Doctor Sleep for example, yeah. I said, these, these style of films are films that no one is asking for, and there's a reason why millennials yeah. aren't going. Well, I they, don't, also, well yeah. they don't care about assigned seating. They don't care about right. cushion on the tush. I think they have to reinvent it like what Fathom Events is doing. They need to and they're allow bo-
1: takeout food in. Well,
0: so, they already have right. that. They got, well, they got, we well got, that's true, no, they but no, they no, got no, the they, beer and they got the no, food. No, no, no. I'm talking about and,
1: like they're... Unfortunately, if you go to any dinner theater, the food is usually horrible. You know what I mean? It's usually It's only like, going to get better. But I'm saying, like, let's say you are, you know, can't eat certain things. But if you're able to bring in your own food, some drinks... Can't sneak the candy you know in I no mean? more. And yeah, you're going to hide it in your purse. Well, and in New York...
2: Yeah, and in New York, a lot of the places at least have been like, you know they have like paleo menus they have gluten-free menus and they're really trying to attract people to think of it as a night out and it's not like millennials aren't going to concerts anymore right and yeah. the movie is is cheaper than that i still think one of the problems is that if you have six screens in your movie theater and four of them are marvel movies there's, there's a just problem. a limited number of movies you want to see um and there are so many great movies out there that are never really making it out of New York and LA because none of the theaters think they can make money off of them. So personally I think the theater model is broken and I think a lot of it is theater owners um, not quite knowing how to adapt. It's true. It's like,
0: it's like streaming services is turning all of us into
2: introverts. <laughs>
0: you yeah. Know? Yeah. like We get awkward with dating. We don't know if we want to actually take them to the movie theaters anymore because we're <laughs> right. afraid that it's not hip anymore. And we go, well, the boxing fight's on November 23rd. You want to go to the movie right. theater and watch right. it with a bunch of
2: people? Plus, at home, nobody's going to be sitting there in front of you looking at their cell phone, right? Oh, yeah. I hate that. I hate those people. And I yeah. hate the people
1: th- that bring kids to the theater. Like, I have a kid, and I would never do that because <laughs> I hate those people. Like, I do. My, my hatred yeah. is very strong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. So, like, do, do you have any faith in the you know in the movie industry theaters? You know, do you think that they're going to yeah. be successful? You do.
2: I mean, I think that there's. A, I think boutique models are the ones that will probably do better Posters. going forward. You mm, know, if yeah. you like going to a Regal is. Fine. Or a Lemley. Yeah, but if you go to a nice a nicer one or like Alamo has had some success mm-hmm. with franchising across the country then it feels more like a nice experience and a nice night out rather than just I'm going to go here to see a movie that I know I'm going to be able to see in a few months yeah. and that might not be that good anyhow. Okay. That all said ticket sales were up last year and the year before so uh, th- you know well, the theater well, don't you think that's not-
0: because of you know Avengers and you know you got the Jurassic World that was kind of like at the end the last that two years horrible. which was horrible. <laughs>
2: That it could so be, horrible. but, it, it, you know, a lot of the data seems to indicate that people don't necessarily go back and repeat view those films. So I think for people, it's still the cheapest way to go out in yeah. the evening. And you know, so, it's Yeah, bit. that's true. Alyssa,
1: what is the hottest movie of the year that our listeners should go see? That you think? Well...
2: Par- parasite for sure if you haven't everybody keeps parasite. telling me that
1: yeah I, that. I, I
0: think the one thing i like about the parasite is i don't recognize any of the actors and mm-hmm. i think that's yeah, sometimes got. the greatest thing i like about streaming services because i can get introduced to a show and you don't know them mm-hmm. know?
2: well they're all you know the director made snowpiercer um which is probably the most familiar movie to americans mm-hmm. of his but it really is an amazing movie that is an incredibly good ride and it won the palm Dor at Cannes, which is not a combination you usually get so
0: wow so don't sleep on that one and let me Mm -hmm. ask you this while we just got about two minutes left i wanted to ask you this because we've been asking all the comedians this and i kind of thought it'd be a fair question even asking the film world Mm -hmm. do you believe films like white chicks in Tropic Thunder <laughs> can be made in the next decade? Because I have no faith moving forward that any of these kind of fun, tropic hilarious films funny. that I... Oh, that's like one of my favorite films <laughs> of all times. So but Alyssa, do you think this is a, a reality or do you, you... know?
2: I mean, no, I don't think that's... I think it's oh, selective so memory.
0: <laughs> oh. I mean,
2: this year, for instance, <laughs> Tell we me
0: had, what I wanted to hear. We had
2: a... Uh, book smart right which was a hilarious incredibly raunchy very original comedy um that not enough people went to see i think because people are um some people are prejudiced against movies about girls but it's one of the funniest raunchiest comedies you'll see um you know there were several other movies like that that um performed various ways and you know it just because there maybe are elements in old movies that people find offensive today doesn't mean i think people are incredibly unoriginal if they think they can't find a way to make a funny movie just right. as a right. um, so yeah
0: yeah I kept thinking about like Hillary Swank film that almost came out with Universal Studios Red vs Blue State and I'm thinking yeah. they'll make that and if you don't know what that is <laughs> listeners go ahead and check it out it's the craziest thing, thing I've ever heard
2: on it. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote a long explainer if you'd like to know more <laughs> yeah so
0: check out Alyssa Wilkinson and where can they the find day. you on social media
2: um, I'm on Twitter all the time at Alyssa Marie.
0: Okay, perfect. And I know, Eric, you wanted to say something real quick?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Have you seen The Lighthouse? I have. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. It's
0: crazy. Okay, that's another also film that I'll be sleeping see. on. Okay. Woo, woo. Okay, Eric got his question on it. But <laughs> Alyssa Wilkinson, coming all the way from New York City, thank you so much again. Yes, this has thank been a huge honor. You. And hopefully, we can have you back on the show. You are yeah. amazing. So, thank you all again. Right. And Thanks. for all the listeners out there, go ahead and check out the Chris College show. And you can, you know, you can become a member today. It's that simple if you want extra content. <laughs>